This is the Message for You podcast, where we take the conversation deeper. Get to know us as we encourage you. We're always about building faith and strengthening families. The Message for You. Thanks so much for joining us for part two of our conversation on the Message for You podcast with our friend Christian Hopper and uh, I guess Neil Sun also. So there's that. But no, we're happy we're here. We're happy that you've tuned in. Absolutely. So if you joined us for the uh, first part of the conversation, let me just recap that uh, for you very quickly. We talked about, I call it, give me some rope. In other words, kind of start giving your young person, uh, your young people, a little bit of rope to make some of their own decisions so that when they get to college, they've already uh, learned how to make a good and or a bad decision and the repercussions of that, how that works. I call that give me some rope. And then the second part of that was uh, what I call give me some hope. And that is many young people struggle emotionally. They go away to college and they don't have that support system. So they really do struggle. In fact, I think JL was telling me that there are some statistics with regard to depression and those type things for kids that go off to college for their very first time. It says that the number two leading um, reason for death in college students is suicide due to depression. Yeah. So you're away from home for the first time. You don't have the same uh, support system. College classes can be really hard and college campus life and dorm life can be brutal. So uh, just remember that it's called. uh, So I call that segment. Give me some hope. And then we come to the last part of that. And that is give me some ways to cope. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about some coping skills when when you're uh, kind of finding your way, navigating your way through a college life. And we also want to turn that discussion to a time when we talk a little bit about uh, theologically understanding uh, what you believe and mm-hmm. some of the things that maybe made a difference for you um, when you were in college. So, so let's talk about, first of all, there really are, and, and JL maybe can help us with this, there really are some coping skills that Maybe we could talk about, uh, for example, um, how do I navigate these friendships? How do I know how, what are my surface level friends? What are my structured friends? Mm-hmm. You know, what are my solid friends? Uh, how do I know the difference in you know somebody who we, we we always as Christians we want to be kind to everyone, mm-hmm. we want to be loving, but just because someone's kind and loving and you're kind and loving to them. They may have a totally different worldview. They may not have your same value system. So we don't suggest that you're unkind. We suggest that you get to know people and figure out who you want to hang with. So when we talk about coping skills in a new environment with a new new surroundings, new city, away from what was your uh, what was your support system, both mm-hmm. faith based and family based. What are some of the coping skills? Like what 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 did you do? I mean, you went off to college. You went yeah. off to college. What did you do? H- how did you figure that out? It is actually where I figured out that I have to have a schedule. I do not. I am the friend that's, okay, what are we doing? When are we doing it? How long are we going to be there? And I, mean, I can be way more go with the flow when I kind of have at least she an idea. She came into being a woman is what she did. <laughs> that's a woman for you right there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but no. In honesty, Christian, you're much the same, same way. way. He has to have a schedule. I, I have like uh, one of those. Uh, like I forget what they're <laughs> so called, funny. but they were like uh, 
like the schedules that you would a like planner. highlight. It was, it's like a planner, but there was a there was a specific brand of them that was like really popular when I was in college. And uh, yeah, you would put like sticky notes and everything in it. I'm like, I had mine was the Lily down. Pulitzer one because I was in a sorority. So I don't think yours was the same Fair one, enough. sir. No, mine was like this little like black. It was very thick and very large. <laughs> like it wasn't like a little planner. It was, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, but it, here's the thing. You have your classes, you know what your class schedule is. And if you're working, you figure out what your work schedule sure. is. And for me, it was figuring out very quickly I have to be scheduled. Mm-hmm. I have to be consistent. So was, was downtime scheduled? I scheduled yes. sleep hours. You scheduled sleep. So I did seriously, not. I scheduled showers. And I know that we're. <laughs> I, I know that we're actually kind of making fun. It's but it's no, we're no, serious. It's, it's, it's so very helpful. serious. If you, that's if, why I didn't finish it, college and Christian did. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about this. You know, most it people. It was a shower teach, time. You didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, most, I did those. most people teach that the secret to success is in your daily routine. Well, the well. secret to success is in your daily routine. So if you can get that daily routine and you have a time for study, a time for class, a time mm-hmm. for friends, a time uh, that you have to go to work, and then you use your time wisely, as my third grade teacher used to tell us, yeah. then you really can navigate the waters and and it does help you cope. Take it a step further. Once you have the time structured, have a system of how to use the time. Mm. Like I the first day of college, I walk in and my like freshman prep course that you take that's yeah. the introductory to college, he introduced me to the Pomodoro method. And it was like created by a guy who had one of those kitchen timers that looks like a tomato. And he put on a timer for 20 minutes and he'd study for 20 minutes. And then after that 20 minutes, he'd put on a timer for five and he'd break for five minutes. So he would take a quick shower, drink a soda or something. I don't know. Whatever you do in your your five minutes of free time, you do that four times and then you get 20 minutes of free time. So you turn on Netflix most episodes of something are 20 20 minutes minutes, right yeah so i turn on netflix let my brain go dead for a little bit and then when the timer went off i went right back to studying i had all of my term papers for the end of the semester turned in at the midterm Okay. Okay. So Christian's weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, no, no he, he brings knew up, if he didn't pass him courses, we were going to kill him. Ooh. No, uh, that's not but true. No, he brings up a valid point. Learn or figure out a way for you to study. What is your study method? Mm-hmm. Because that is so important. And I think it's so important even as an adult. Because when I'm reading the Bible, I have to figure out what's my method Uh and my method changes because sometimes I want to dig in and look at scripture and then I'm going to Google something. And sometimes I'm going to be like a sporadic squirrel with my Bible study. But then sometimes I want to pick up just a devotional that I have that is cut dry and to the point. And so Mm -hmm. you have to figure out how you learn. What's your best way to study and retain that information. So just so if people are listening, let's stay on track. And that is, um, we're saying that one of the ways for you to cope is get a schedule. Figure out your schedule. Now, your classes are going to determine some of that, but then figure out what you're going to do with your free time, Mm -hmm. how you're going to study, because if you don't, you're going to flunk. And then, so we're talking about it from faith-based, but this is really practical stuff. This is practical stuff. It's very practical stuff. you schedule also your groups. Like, we both talked about finding those Christian groups that we wanted to be a part of. Like, I 
um, joined a sorority. And oh my goodness, let me warn you now, it's going to take up all your free time. There is no free time when you're in a sorority or fraternity. Sure. Because you're always doing, there's, and please understand, day or night, there is always something to do on or off campus, no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me to my next thing. And my, <laughs> my mentor, uh, Michael, taught me this. I got there. I was running myself ragged. I was coming into, you know, classes and I was dead tired. And, you know, those classes were pretty intimate. It was only a few people. And he pulled me aside and asked what was going on. I told him and he said, learn to say no. no. Yeah, that's a big Learn one. to say no. No is a full sentence. You don't have to give them any more than that. <laughs> I know I would, but like what 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 a what a hard thing to learn to have to do because it's always the people who are closest to you that you have to learn to say no to. It's never the person you're passing on the street that's like, hey, join this club. Nah, man, I'm good. It's the people who are like, hey, like, let's go to the movies tonight. No. No. I have to study, right? Like right. Th- that's okay. So one of the coping skills is just full sentence, no, period. No. No. Can't do that. You can be nicer, but yeah. you know. <laughs> you, you can be nicer. But I, my personality is there just are times no. you don't need to be nice, you know, like right. just say no. No, and walk away. I can't do that. Yeah, right. I can't do that. So <laughs> like uh, drugs. Say no. <laughs> say no. Have have having a having a system, having a set time, a schedule. Mm-hmm. And learning how to say no, because there's always going to be fun stuff to do. There's always going to be friends stuff to do. There's always going to be sorority stuff to do. There's always going to be a movie to go to. And you have to figure out what's most important to me right now. And for most parents, they're going to say, one of the most important things for you is for you to pass that class. Right. That's vitally important. You're there to have fun, but you're there to get an education. Sure. But there are times as a student, you have to be like, nope, you know what? I have to make myself go be around people. Yes. Right. Like I can't sit in the library for six more hours today. I have to go connect to somebody because I'm a drone. Well, and I would absolutely. I would even say that I think a lot of parents, maybe they didn't go to college or Uh, maybe they haven't been there in, in a few years at least. And they don't realize how important it is to have those relationships because I would say this generation specifically, I mean, even the one coming into college right now that your relationships are huge. It's probably, there's more focus on mental health and your identity than ever before. Mm -hmm. So being around people I think is vitally important, even in college, having those friendships. But I think also understanding that just because your child's hanging out with someone that maybe doesn't have the same beliefs as you, it doesn't mean that other person's a bad person sure, either. Like right. you don't don't ostracize the other person for not having the same beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like sure. that's kind of a fine line. Mm-hmm. So let let's talk about things that aren't um, practical. You know, things that aren't structured for classes. Let's talk about social coping because that's a real thing. It's actually, we've talked about this recently is college is not just a time for you to learn a trade. It's a time for you to figure out who you are going to be for the rest of your life, which is, it sounds like it's from a comic book movie probably because it is, but it's true. And so you're, you're going to enter into relationships with people and you've got to figure out what those relationships are. That would have been the biggest thing. If I could go back and talk to myself going into college, I would say, know your relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Know Mm -hmm. who's structured, know what relationships are friendships out of convenience 
and know which ones are meaningful. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, as a side note here, and it's a really good study, if you ever have an opportunity, uh, Dr. John Maxwell has something that he calls the laws of connection. And the laws of connection will tell you the four types of relationships. Some of those are surface level. That means the waitress at the diner. Uh, that means the person, you know, at the newsstand, the coffee you, guy, the you, coffee see guy you see every day and you know him by name, but it's surface level. You don't know him. Then you have some that are more structured because you're put in the same classroom together. Mm-hmm. You sit in the stands and yell for your kids together. You're you create a relationship. You're in fraternity together. So, you know, you they're called the four laws of connection and they're in uh, John Maxwell's. Uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and one is the Law of Connection, and he talks a lot about relationships. I wish somebody would have taught me that For way sure. yeah. early on. Yeah. Oh, First day of college, gosh. that should have been the introductory course. Yeah, right? think about that. <laughs> like, yeah, think about that. A lot that. of time would have been saved if I'd have just been like, you know what, that relationship isn't as important to me as what I'm trying to build right now, or the relationship that I'd really like to have with this other person. Right. Right. Yeah, so... So just kind of wrapping up this, and because I do want to take a kind of a curve on knowing what you believe, but it says this is the law of connection. It's just some bullet points. It says connect with yourself, communicate with openness, know your audience, live your message, meet them where they are, focus on them, believe in them, and offer direction and hope. Good stuff. Yeah, real good good stuff. stuff. John Maxwell. Okay, now let's turn another curve here and take it in a di- little different direction. We've talked about getting your schedule. We've talked about understanding, you know, how important some things are and other things aren't. Um, let's talk for a minute about a faith, an understanding of the Christian faith, some of the basic things that we talked about at the end of the last broadcast that I want you to go further on, and that is understanding when somebody asks you a question, they're not always asking a question to jump down your throat and challenge what you believe. And some people some are. People, some people are. <laughs> some people, some are. people are. A lot but, of people are, Yeah, actually. but some yeah. people want to know. They, li- they have legitimate questions about a faith that they don't understand. And what, what do you do? What do you say to somebody who says, is the Bible reliable? Yeah. So, uh, Let's touch on something that I just said, is that there are people that want to jump down your throat. Um, And like I said, in the last podcast, I studied Nathan Finocchio's Theosu course. It was really great. And one of the questions that was asked in a forum with him one night was, how do you witness to somebody who doesn't believe the same way you do, has no interest in listening to you, et cetera, et cetera. And he gave a really poetic and well thought out answer, which was, you can't. If you can't agree on being in the same universe with somebody, you can't have a conversation with them. And the way he illustrated it was, the way he illustrated it was, if we look at a circle on the wall and I say, that circle is blue. And JL looks at me and says, it's red. That's the end of the discussion. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right there. That's it. Yeah, yeah. can't we, have a discussion. So a lot of kids will spend a lot of time and energy trying to break through or argue or whatever with people who have no interest in listening to them. So the first thing is realize who you can talk to. Yeah. 
who wants to listen and who genuinely has an interest in understanding. Yes, some people just want to win an argument. Right. They're not interested in truth, and we're interested in truth. Right. Uh, Theology and apologetics is not a way to support a lifestyle. It's a way to dispel the... uh, the rumors, the what, what's myths. the word, myths and whatnot that are in the gray area, right? Right. That's for you to figure out what you believe, and all you can do is share with people what you believe and kind of hope that it planted a seed. And some right. people are just rocky soil, right? Right. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Right. For other people that. Like I gave the example in the last one, I had a friend on a set who genuinely wanted to know, and I didn't have the tools to uh, cope with that. And I was just dumbfounded. I felt awful leaving that conversation. And I kept saying to myself, oh, you know, hopefully I planted a seed. Maybe she'll go look at it herself. But in the end, I was just kind of beat up. Um, So I looked out. I did the Ravi Zacharias stuff. And eventually somebody... Recap that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you specifically look up for Ravi Zacharias? um, I didn't look up anything. You... Dad, actually, you turned me on to Robbie right. Zacharias. Okay. Yeah, so I said, hey, I think it would be good if you would listen to some of this stuff, just hoping, I was again, I was throwing a seed out there, just hoping that he would find interest in that. You actually and, gave me a specific one to go listen yeah, to. Yeah, I, I sent one because I'm. I, uh, that's another thing. Don't just tell your kids to go look at it. Send them a specific one and say, hey, listen to this. Tell Check me this what out. you think. Check this out. Way more likely to watch it if you send it. Same thing with other people. Yeah. yeah. Say, hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. And so I wanted his feedback on it. Well, once I got him listening, he was hooked. Okay. So he, you know, he kind of liked it and he started watching the the free YouTube videos that were out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is defending your faith and so forth. So, and then apart from that, he took it a step further and decided he needed to take some appointed course, courses to be able to talk intelligently about his faith, which okay. I appreciated. And, um, so, uh, you know, I'm hoping at some point to get him to teach uh, Defense <laughs> Against the Dark to teach a course on it somewhere for us. Yeah. And uh, so, but that would be nothing more than me regurgitating stuff that I've learned on Theos U, okay. which is so easily broken down. Like, you know, like, for example, is the Bible reliable? Well, when you realize that the Bible is the oldest uh, historical text in existence and will always be, that kind of puts some things into context because then you start looking at, other historical documents, right? Like you'll look at like uh, the Iliad, uh, and uh, God, there are a few more like the, the the Odyssey, the Iliad, and things that were written around the same time within a hundred years. And you go, oh, okay, well, we know that, like we 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 take the Iliad as factual, and that book was written a hundred years. Or it was copied by the church a hundred years after the original manuscript, right? So if you realize that the Bible was copied way, way closer to time, like 25, 50, 100 years by people who were at the event or had someone related to them at the event, Uh then you start going, oh, well, like that makes a lot more sense. The Bible is a lot more factual. The reliability. Right. It's reliable. It has a lot more uh, uh, ground than we we give it credit for. Yeah. So in in the in, in the world and people who don't know, you'll get that argument all the time. They sure. say, "Well, we don't think the Bible's reliable." Right. So it's examples like that. 
um, that you can go back and there's notes and whatnot and they're videos. It's just, it's literally a Netflix subscription for theology and you can go and look at them and go, okay, well, I want to revisit this topic. That's fine. It's all right there. It's very easy to find, very well laid out and it's black and white, clear as crystal. I think one of the things that just really blew my mind about the Bible and Christianity and really started making it real to me was when you start thinking back about the fact that there was historical books and you talk about the Iliad and things like that that actually back up things that happened in scripture. Mm -hmm. And when you start finding that out, it changes things. And when you, and again, I'm not the person that can articulate that as well, the stuff I've researched and I had it wrote down in my notes, but when you can bring that into a conversation, and I don't even want to say an argument, but a conversation, Mm -hmm. it changes the equation. Right. Because when you come from a, logical, factual place, even Mm -hmm. though it is a spiritual thing, people are way more respectful about what you believe for sure, and how you say it when you just come from, this is what I believe and this is why, instead of, this is what I believe, this is why, and now I need you to change your belief. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like what you said, it's conversational. You don't have to be some eloquent speaker to reiterate these concepts. Like I said, it's very black and white. It's pretty simple. Now, there are things that are random statistics that yeah you're gonna forget but they do exist they are out there and it, it, it is accessible for the common everyday believer yeah absolutely that i think you know otherwise wouldn't look at this type of stuff so we so we'd say to somebody headed to a college campus you don't have to try to win the argument no no, no not I, at all it's one of the things that i never liked i think if and, it is an argument you shouldn't be having it yeah exactly. That, that's exactly right like don't feel the need to have to sit there and argue with someone sure. uh, if they are looking for truth. Mm-hmm. Truth will stand the test of time. Sure. And so I don't feel that you need to be able to walk away from that and say, you know what, when you're ready to have a conversation, if you're pursuing truth, uh, we can talk about this. But I think being forced into a situation in a classroom or in a hallway where you're trying to, def- I'm going to be the defender of all truth, that puts a lot of weight on you. Right. It really just is a heavy it's, thing it's to say. It's an unbearable burden. Yeah, it's an unbearable burden that I don't even think God wants you to have. No. Like, I promise truth will stand when the world is burning. It just is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you talked about the person that came up to you on set. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the entertainment world and and they asked you these things and you weren't able to really articulate anything. Mm-hmm. After taking um, Nathan Finocchio's Theoshu course, which this isn't even a person that like sponsors the station. It's just someone that I think you actually stumbled upon. And that's yeah. kind of what led us to listening to more. Have you had those conversations with people that ask you what you believe and why? And do you feel more equipped at this point? Yeah. I, so while being here, I would say not as much. I have more conversations with people who are believers. We have a common vested interest in the scripture, but we have different points of theology that we agree or disagree upon. Okay. Um, so that's the next thing is even within the faith, even with people who want to listen and have a general vested interest in truth, you're going to disagree. And that's okay. That has to be okay because you can't keep forcing the worldview of especially the gray area of theology right. onto somebody. Correct. Um, you can only say, well, this is what the Bible says. This is my interpretation and what I believe from it. And try to get them to see it that way. And that's where you plant that seed. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for listening in. This has been a great conversation. We really hope that we're just getting the conversation started for you, for the youth at your church, for your kids, your grandkids, and those who are headed off to hostile environments. It couldn't even be a college jail. It might just be you're headed off into a hostile work environment, and this has helped or you. Trade school. Or Maybe trade school. You're staying home and going to trade school. And look. There, there are people everywhere that have all kinds of arguments and all kinds of ideas, and you as a Christian should know what you believe, and you should be confident enough that, hey, you don't have to go out and be the defender of the free world, mm-hmm. and you, you can go in, but you can also educate yourself to be confident to know what you believe and not have to be intimidated by people. But yeah, it's just really good stuff. Uh, we thank you so much for listening and being a part. Listen, if you enjoy the podcast, will you like and subscribe? By the way, if you listen to the station, um, if you don't, we want to encourage you to do so. But if you listen to the station, remember, you can always text the word LINK, L-I-N-K, and we'll send you a link to our link tree. And that gives you access to the podcast. That gives you access to our Spotify playlist. You can download our app. You can send a donation. You can do almost anything from that little link called our link tree. If you're interested in um, maybe a class or a course in something like TheoSU, then you certainly can look in the description and we will put something in the description of this podcast so that you can find that if you're interested. But to be fair, there's tons of material out there. Please just take the opportunity, educate yourself and help your kids navigate these waters and understand there's a practical side, there's a faith side. And there's just an encouraging side where you need to encourage them to keep on keeping on because they're going to get through this and we want them to live and live well and get through, get that education and go on to live their best life. This is the Message for You podcast, where we take the conversation deeper. Get to know us as we encourage you. We're always about building faith and strengthening families. The Message for You.